I was really into punk rock music when I was a kid. What and bands? Oh man! Oh my God, that was like, thrown down like a challenge. I, well, I've been I really like, what listening. Bands? I know. Tell well, us, Lauren. I, Are I've you been... worthy? <laughs> hey, Fager. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode. Right? Yeah. Like that... great guests. We had Lauren Belanco of the Twenty Sided Store fame in Williamsburg on. Now we talked about Lauren's store, um, uh, like in our very first. episode. We manifested it. We, That's we, right. We pulled it out of the air. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and she's kind of our first multitasking human. Yes, uh, she is. Yeah. She was uh, born in Chicago. She's from the Midwest like me. She graduated with a BFA in photography from the University of Illinois. And, and she opened a 20-sided store uh, in Williamsburg in April 2011. And her storytelling developed into writing and producing interactive immersive experiences, which we talked about in the episode. Yeah. And um, she's written and published nine adventures for role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Like, I published zero. Nine. And she's currently working mm. on a science Nine fantasy world zero. called Mira. <laughs> <laughs> she's also uh, worked on lots of uh, commercial and editorial photography projects in fashion, food, and the music industry. Lauren Blanco, ladies and gentlemen, she's uh, a, virtuoso. She's, she's our neighbor here enjoy. in Brooklyn, New York, and, and we hope you uh, we hope you'll tune in. I'm Phaedra Al Casey, and I'm Eric Jensen. Welcome to Bar Quest, Quest Empire. Empire. And I was like looping around, I was getting coffee, I was way, taking like way too much time to look for like a green leotard actually for my Ooh. Halloween costume. What are you, what are you, what going, are you as? going as? Um, well, <laughs> if you, if you... so my five-year-old, or now going to be six-year-old nephew is going to be in town. He really wants to be Batman. I'm not, Crazy. I don't know a lot about comics. I just like, I don't know, okay. that genre doesn't, I like, I you know, I've seen the movies or whatever, but I was like, okay, well, what? what costumes go with Batman? And I was like, green, poison ivy. I was like, I can, I can yes. easily do poison ivy. Perfect. I can go to any dollar store. I can just yeah. get a bunch of fake green ivy. Green tights or green whatever. Green tights. And I was, I was like, Draw some vines on your yeah, arms. Yeah, you know, done. I can, yeah. Makeup. Makeup, you know, it'll be like, yeah. Just, if you stand next to plants for all the photo shoots, be even great. better. <laughs> it'll be great. It'll, it'll be, be great. great. You could bring a potted plant with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maybe put googly eyes on it. I suggest googly eyes I have been staring plant. at the, I've been going to like every dollar store and I keep like picking up the googly eyes and going I don't have a use for them but come I want, on but I there's want always to. a use for well, googly eyes I am just I, right now I am like Lauren. in this like stage where I just need to get rid of stuff right. you know it does not spark and, like, joy the googly eyes do not spark they joy they do but I have to get rid of like 20 things before the googly eyes can come into my life so I'm wor I'm like I'm really practicing a lot of restraint right now you guys uh, like, googly eyes is not a euphemism it's, we're just talking about googly we, eyes yes. in case you're we wondering are. this isn't like we a are. metaphor or anything and we're just like you are know, recording right yeah, and we, are, we're, and we, we got are, all this gold we have minted the, audio we, we have the absolute honor and pleasure to to be in front of uh, uh, a new friend of mine lauren Belanco. Um, she is uh, what I would refer to as a multi-class human being. She is our first multi-class guest. Oh, yeah, you. I mean, I feel like we've had some people that like dabble in other stuff, but you really like have sort of yeah. pumped some experience points into both these trees. Yeah, <laughs> You've got a, you're, you're like a hyphenate. Like, I yeah. mean, like multiple I'm, hyphenate. I'm, or? This is the first time that I think anybody has ever said that in a way that is like positive. <laughs> like I really, I really feel like like there's like so many times yeah, where everybody's yeah. like, you really need to like figure out like what you want to do and just like stick to it. You know, right. <laughs> Right. So Can't now you just I'm just do like, one thing. Now yeah. I'm like, well, can I just like take all the things that I do and just kind of merge them into one thing? Into so I can one... still do all the different things, but just like put them under one big umbrella. Right which on. Hence is the world of mirrors. Right on. I brilliant. Get that. Brilliant. Hang on. Let us be one of the first to congratulate your multi-classness. Um, <laughs> Well, so so I'm I'm very curious about um, I'm very curious about a, f a few things. One of the reasons that I've had you on is Phaedra and I both had the pleasure of of playing Dungeons and Dragons at your store, and it was so great and it was so wonderful. It was kind of the first time either of us had played with people who were who were strangers to it us. It was at like the a beginning. pickup D and D game, which is such an awesome concept. Okay, and when I, when what generation? Uh, well, we we were in Black Bottom. We were in Mira, okay. and um, it was and it was a really well run session. It was like a we we just I think we'd like advance a level or two mm -hmm. and 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 i just i really enjoyed myself yeah and i was thinking a lot about you're also a, a community organizer you organize businesses to have 
you know, like street fair type things and sort of like outreach type things. And so I kind of wanted to focus on that and the 20-sided store. Let's also give some context. Lauren also runs the 20-sided store, which we've shouted out at one point on our first episode, and uh, which is just around the corner from us in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And this is where you host games and also sell the books and the figurines and... yeah, we're we're um, we're all around game store. Um, before the pandemic, you know, running seven uh, events seven days a week, you know. So um, so, so yeah. also almost kind of like a community center in that way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know, scavenger hunts that it fold in, you know, all the local businesses and kind of give people an opportunity to get a tour of the neighborhood and like check things out. So we did a a couple of those, and um, yeah. So now I think kind of getting into the. Over the summer, we we were able to close down the street for a block party, and you know it was kind of a, a test to sort of figure out like what's going on with the DOT and the Department of Transform- Transportation. I always like to. Ooh, I want a Department of Transformation. The DOT next to the BQE. Yeah, so next to the BQE. So let's like yeah get, get can all we get the a Department of Transformation? <laughs> <laughs> we should, right? I think that's going to go into the world. Yeah, In that's Mira, not canon. Right. Department yeah. of Transformation. <laughs> <laughs> that must be one of the good things about like building a world. Is like anything good that you hear, you can go. Oh, nope, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm put in, putting that in the stew. Put that in there. Yeah. Steal that. Hmm, how can I make that work? Um, so we asked so you. How did, a, so how did that? How did that go? Like yeah, reaching so, out to the community like that. Well, I mean, so. I didn't I didn't actually have anything to do with like getting the permit. That's all like through the restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was sort of like, well, we got this permit. We get to close down the street. What are we going to do with it? And, you know, it's like everybody's coming out of the pandemic. And at the beginning of the summer, we were all very excited. Like, oh, this is going to we're, we're opening it back up. Everybody in this, you know, before the Delta stuff kind of came out. So, you know, it was kind of very promising, but we didn't have anything organized. We didn't have any kind of budget. We didn't have, you know, so I kind of just tried to reach out to the community and see, you know, sent letters to every single neighbor, like, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to see? And all the businesses kind of already had their own things sort of planned mm-hmm. and ways that they were using the street. So hopefully the idea is that it's a kind of like a four-year plan. So hopefully next oh, wow. year and the year after we can start to think about what kind of events we want to have out there, what kind of budget we could put together. Is there a way that you can take the business from inside the store out and, and onto the sidewalk? Is that well, been something that you've that considered? That was kind of what we were sort of doing over Outdoor the summer. Games? Was like, like right now, because I'm like, well, you know, all these people are asking me, because I've been doing all of the Dungeons and Dragons virtually during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, and I've been live streaming on Twitch just like immediately, like the second it hit, it was like, get everything online. You know, yeah. I spent like a month learning all this new technology. Discord is crazy, right? It's yeah. crazy. Like, I mean, it's awesome like I'm actually really you know you look for those opportunities and the setbacks and I you know I really feel like I was gonna before the pandemic with the world of mirror I had these plans to you know shoot a really high production level you know D&D game and like really like have everything like really mapped out and like with miniatures I don't know if it was gonna have miniatures but it was gonna be like a YouTube series you know like Mm -hmm. my backgrounds and photography so you know the lighting was going to be perfect and the sound was going to be perfect and everything was going to be perfect and then I get on Twitch and I'm like it's so raw and every day is like is the sound working I'm not even checking who cares it's just like it's so freeing in this like really like creative way where I've had to like let a lot of you know just that control go to Mm. learn and to grow and to see and explore and so this this past like two years has been I think like a really amazing time for me creatively. Like I feel like I really haven't done a ton of like, I just haven't really had the time, you know, running a business and like doing all these other things. You kind of get right. Like you guys said, I'm multi-classing. I get Mm -hmm. pulled in all these different directions and I'm, I'm operations. So I'm always getting everybody else set up to do their best. And then it leaves me exhausted to do anything for myself. So you have Dungeon Masters run games at your store. We're mm-hmm. we're obviously a themed yeah. show. May I ask a Dungeons no, and no, Dragons no. question? Well, yeah. So actually, well, oh yeah, I want you ask me. Yes. Then I got well, questions uh, for let you me. Too okay. Okay. Game. Well, we have. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I I want to know what you think makes a good storyteller. What makes a good DM? I mean, you're a professional storyteller yourself, yeah. and you like look for others to come in. Like, what do you? Yeah, what yeah, do you? Yeah. What are some qualities that make for a good storyteller? So I really, what I like to kind of teach and, you know, mentor the DMs that come into the store about how we want to run games at 20 Sided is really, you know, to kind of fold into this very inviting environment. Most of the people who are coming to the store have never done this kind of thing before. They have no idea what role playing is. They're very intimidated. 
about making themselves vulnerable. I think when you create a character or you're role playing, like a part of you, it, it is like an art form you're that you're performing. Yeah. And, for a small and audience. But. For a small audience, yeah, and it's at a table. So I, the first thing I want to immediately do is make people feel really comfortable and really safe to be as creative as possible. And so I really kind of tell all my dungeon masters that the most important thing is just to kind of create a structure because, like, if you go to somebody and you say, "You can, this is D&D, you can do anything you want. People are like deer in uh, headlights. Like, I yeah. don't even know what to say or do. I'm so into, like, what? But if you kind of You mean give... it's like life? I'm already <laughs> terrible at that. <laughs> 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 you, know, you have to provide some guideposts. Right. So give some options. Like, you know, would you like to do this or would you like to do that? They're yeah. going to go, I want to do the other thing. And they're like, that's great. You know, but at least, like, yeah. if you kind of throw out some ideas, they might not take them. They're most likely going to go with whatever they were Im imagining first in their brain anyway, but they're not going to say it unless there's a, yes, that's right in line with what I was thinking, or no, that's not at all what I was thinking. I was thinking actually something more like this. And so our job is to facilitate those ideas and that creativity and figure out how to weave that in to our narrative and to our story. Are your narratives all uh, interconnected? Like is one table's events connected to the other table's events and mm -hmm. do you guys then like have a production meeting at the end of the <laughs> yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, there was like a the point where, where I was running, cool. you know, big campaigns. Like we would have, uh, you know, uh, anywhere from like eight DMs running. Wow. Like a, when, at when, once. At once. Like, so when, when Ooh. five, we did the whole, like, we, we did all the fourth edition, um, you know, regular weekly Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday yeah, yeah. campaigns uh -huh. through Wizards of the Coast. And then when, then we did the play test and we, and everybody in the community was like giving their feedback, like constantly, like we ran wow. all of the DD next stuff. And then so when, 5e first came out and it was that first tyranny of dragons adventure which was like i was like i know that this is insane but my customers my players want to know what it's like to get up to level 20 in 5e it's, yeah right yeah. so we did a oh, i think it was like a 15 week campaign <gasps> wow. we leveled up like almost every week like wow. it was insane i had like eight dms you know, so and so all the so oh I do this God. like kind of thing where we have where where we're all running the same story, and all of the DMs. So we meet ahead of time. I I like basically re completely rewrite the adventures in the books. A lot of times because I want to sell the books. So a lot of times I'll kind of take a little hook in there or something where we can kind of get people off at a jumping point and then they can buy the book and continue the campaign on their own after they've met their friends and they get an idea of what's going on. So a lot of times I would normally take people up to like level five and uh -huh. then they'll go and they'll finish the campaign with all the friends that they've met, you know, and start their own discord group. So I always have these like generating these uh, graduating classes, I feel like, of <laughs> generations of people that have come through the store. Of the, of the you know, RPG Academy. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. so, so I was like, which, which generation are you from? Um, which graduating class are you? Uh, but so... <laughs> it's not on the box. He's got different yeah, songs on I the box. Yeah, I love it. This yeah, one's, this one's like live, everybody. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you. Do thank you do some much, beatboxing yeah. no. too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm myself. <laughs> See, you like really are, you are, you are furthering the You're communal experience RPG, of yeah. RPGs. Totally, yeah. yeah. So then we, we would, kind yeah, we like would... A, we would group all the dungeon masters together. We'd come up with a loose storyline. We'd make sure that everybody had a starting place in any place. We'd randomize the seating every week. So, you know, you come and you're like, oh, I don't really like this guy. I don't want to play with him. Well, it doesn't matter because next week you won't have to be at the table with him. And people uh -huh. will like be a little bit more, you know. You oh. should do it by dice roll. We do. We did. Yeah, yeah. It was roll, we said roll your fate, and we had everybody roll, roll their roll fate. the dice when they when they came in, and that would determine what table they sat and at. And if you roll a one twice in a row, you're sitting next yeah, to well, guy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. So um, you know, so yeah, so we we have fun, you know. So and we've talked about what makes a good DM, and you must see a lot of players. What makes a really good player, or what? And yeah. Conversely, if you want to talk about what especially, makes a toxic player, especially what, if you're starting, you avoid, if, especially if you guide that, especially if you're starting out. Like yeah. I, I think you mentioned nervousness in players. Like, what's a good? What are five good tips for a player to to sort of? I don't want to put you on the spot, no, but like, uh, what are like five good tips for a player coming to the game for the first time? Yeah, I always say, don't worry about your character sheet. 
doesn't matter. If you need to roll the dice, the dungeon master will tell you, you know, what what to roll and when to roll and everybody around you probably can help you out with that. And so the main thing is to really just think about what you look like and how you would carry yourself, what kind of decisions you would make, your character would make in a given situation. And I try to facilitate that even further by now what I'm really working on and doing is folding character creation and leveling up into the adventuring. Uh-huh. So what we be- what we were doing like right before the pandemic was, and I don't know if this was part of your game or not, but we would have people who are totally new. Instead of making a pre-generated character and coming with something like already created on their own that they did without any kind of guidance, they would come in and they would just pick out their six ability stats and you know, kind of like a really loose like background, you know, like just race stuff, not even thinking about class at all. Uh-huh. And we would just then throw them into the game. What, and you just say, whatever you have, you have, whatever you, it's yours, whatever you come up with, it's it's there, You it's your, don't even worry about it, right? Because they're going to be super cautious. Like somebody who's never played before, it's not going to break your game, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, so I call them like these levels, your characters, and then you get to, fe- you get a feeling for what they how they see their character and how they think that their character is going to act in these situations. So if they're starting to want to cast spells, you're like, okay, let me guide you into some spell casters for a class. Or if they're getting right up into the melee, maybe you want to be a barbarian, you know, they're like, how can I break into this supply closet? You're like, I know what you are. I know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, so then it's, then you can narrow down those choices Uh for that player. We talked about this at our level zero kind of a level zero kind of session. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do. So, you know, so then you're, you're, so then there isn't this pressure. Like I have to have a voice and I have to know exactly who my character is and exactly what my character can do. It's like most people think of that when they're in the moment. And instead of then saying, well, no, because actually you already built your character and you kind of built it like that. So like, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Like, I'd rather well, what's say stopping a character from doing something that's not good for their character. I find like that the most interesting story point sometimes. When yeah. You're like I'm a rogue, but I'm going to sing this ballad. Right. Like, right. But the thing is, you know, you poorly. have a new DM and you have a new and new players and they're looking at it like a board game and a board game has rules and you follow the rules, right? right? And so it's really hard. Do you find a lot of the to... players that come in are 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 into that or or need or or need that structure of rules kind of like to sort of It totally hook into? varies. I mean, well culturally we're kind totally of trained varies. in on board games like Monopoly or like, you know, Scrabble or you know, Yeah, I mean the first distinct... thing or shoots and ladders which is a scam. <laughs> no, the the first question I always get from people who like have no idea what Dungeons and Dragons is, or they've heard of it, or they kind of have an idea, is like, so how do you win, right? How do you win, right? Because it's a game, right? It's a game. There's a winner and there's a loser, right? So like, there's a a way that you win this, right? Mm -hmm. By collecting all the cheese. Yeah. Just give them some arbitrary arbitrary goal. Okay, this is, that's like the starting point, you know, of like, all right, well, this may never end. This might go on forever, but we're going to close this little chapter of the story for you. Right. <laughs> you know, right. So you don't really win or lose, but you're going to ah, really so it's enjoy like your ah, time. What do I do? Ah, it's like so, that again. So, can I? <laughs> would it be all right if I asked a question about um, about? It, it, I, I don't want to ask it too soon because I want to spend some time on it. But mm-hmm. could, could we ask? Can we ask a question about the world that you created, Mira? Mm-hmm. Would you would you walk us through like what Mira is and like how you came up with it? Yeah, yeah. what's what actually can we ask her your D and D origin story first? That's oh, that's a good that, idea. We haven't, yeah. we haven't talked I mean, like, about I how like, you. I feel like this is a lot. This is gonna be a lot to unpack. We have plenty of time. Okay. We have we have an hour. <laughs> no, we have an hour. We can go longer. But what's your but what's your what's your D and D origin story? We would love story. to know how you got yes. into the game and how you got started and uh, what how that how that passion developed into like yeah. what you do now, which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, I feel like. I I can ask this question all the time, and I never played D anD D as a kid. I didn't even really know that it existed, but I did watch the D anD D cartoons. You know, like uh, I kind yes. of like oh, yeah. knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a child of the '90s, right? Eighties, um, '90s. So, so of the question mark. Of the, I know. Just I'm like, say how the 20th century. Am I, what, how? I think you can just say the 20th century. <laughs> the 20th century. Now, century. And okay. it'll fuck people up. Yeah. Because then you're like, how old are you? How I old could, are you? Could, I'm ancient. I'm Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ancient, but I have a baby face. I look like I'm 12. I know no. the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I never played D&D, but I, I've always been sort of a storyteller. Like I would create, 
you know, dioramas and I would like, you know, always force everybody to kind of play characters, whatever. And then, you know, through high school, college, doing photography and I was much more into like immersive situations and film type stuff. But I ended up going to a school that didn't have a film program. So I focused in on still photography and but I, all my work was always narrative or it was always inner inner immersive or so interactive story with the pictures always like any time like I never kind of put an image on a wall in a frame right it was like you had to like look through a keyhole in a box and see the Ooh. image behind it or you so had an, to a, like a immersive experience almost or like a yeah yeah and then I moved like a to, game yeah and then mm. I graduated from college I moved to New York I'm working professionally and commercially but I've got a bunch of friends that you know are like you you have never played D and D before. Like, <laughs> that, what? How is this possible? And so uh, they hand me, you know, the A D and D player's handbook. You and had like, an enabler. Yeah, Bless and they're them. like, "Well, but you you can't read the like you would probably be a good dungeon master, but you are not allowed to read the dungeon master's guide. You have to play first. Like they, there were yeah, rules yeah, yeah. to me getting into it, right? So they're like, like I, here's when, when the players. You know, this was like yeah, twenty two years ago. So <laughs> so I get I'm get handed the the, the AD&D Player's Handbook, right? Second edition? This is... Um, Third edition. Second edition. It was, I think, I don't know. I don't, so okay, the, the long story short is I never actually played, right? So I read the book cover to cover and then it, and then a game never happened, right? So, oh no. so oh no. like, but crazy stuff kept happening, right? So I read the book cover to cover. I'm like totally ready to play. Like I'm putting it out into the universe that like I need to play D&D. And I'm walking home one night and there is a, like a red box on the top of my garbage can with all the dice. Oh my God. <laughs> like stuff no. in it. I was Wait, like, someone threw out yeah, something? Yeah. And yeah. you just were like, and I'm uh, like, okay, thanks, I universe. I think it was a visitation. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think the I think spirit it was of Gary Gygax <laughs> just went, <"Whoa."> Jinx. <laughs> yeah, all right. You owe me a Coke. And I, we have clearly been yeah. hanging out too much. And, yeah, you, and, so, and also, like, mind you, I had never been in a game store, really. Like, maybe kind of stepped into one. But never really was, like, mm -hmm. a customer of a game store before I opened the 20-sided store, okay? Really? Yeah. Because you're not the typical demographic because, you know, that demographic is usually nerds like, like I mean, me I and feel like guy. I'm a big nerd. I just didn't know that there was a culture for me out there. A community. Interesting. So you like found Yeah. Like, I just didn't know there were... You but were the now it makes some you're sense. You're the missing I'm like, puzzle oh. piece. All those kids in my classes that were writing these amazing stories, they definitely play D&D. &D. I was like, there's no way they could come up with those scenarios on their own, you know? Yeah, like George R. R. Martin. That yeah, guy. yeah, that's I mean, now, that's, that's basically a D and D game. Apparently, I, he's 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 come out and said that that's. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'm just making. I've that heard up, that but too. I've heard but that I, it's a I, low magic game. That's I met why him at a dies. grateful. I met him at a Grateful Dead show once, and I was so flabbergasted. I wanted to talk D and D with him, but I was so flabbergasted on meeting him that I just I I didn't get a picture. I just like like went into another universe because I I love his yeah. writing, you know. Um, so, so, so can you tell me a little bit about, about the, the world of, of Mira? Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to hear about it and I would yeah. love to hear And like, how did you go from barely having played a game yeah. to creating this world? Yeah, and... well, yeah. So, you know, then to kind of cut to today, I, I ended up being in like two separate five year campaigns. So oh, okay. I was in, so my, my finally, like a friend of mine was like, oh, you're interested in this? Like I've been trying to get a group together or whatever. But also I had no idea. I, I never, I don't. Do you remember your first characters? What were they? Yeah, my first character was, um, what was her last name? Like Isab I think I actually created another character in the world of Mira based on her, Isabella. Joe Vicchini, and she was, it was, we were playing a 1920s New York game because we were all new. And he's like, well, I'm going to set it in New York because it's all familiar, a familiar map. That's cool. And we were actually playing GURPS, which I didn't know at the time. I just remember, I remember like meeting with my friend Troy, who was my first CM, and helped me write kind of the world of Mira initially, too. So we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. So, um, so he like, sat us down all individually like really secretively you okay. know ah. like like had all this intrigue between the characters and like you know spent like weeks building our characters you know wow and then i never saw my character sheet again and i don't even remember ever rolling dice for five years and he's like no wow. we rolled dice and i was like i don't remember like i just remember hanging out and like going and like we'd all sit around the table and then we'd like you know he'd have all these things where somebody would like leave the room and he'd Sounds have theatrical. like he'd be yeah, and you'd be DMing with somebody for like twenty minutes in like another room, and then come back out. So it was just wow. like, 
It definitely wasn't like your traditional like sit at a table kind of a game. So that was my first. Sure, it wasn't like making out with everyone. Is I got it. I got it's possible. It was, but I got I got. We I were DMing up. in the closet yeah, for gotta, about twenty five minutes. I got to step up my game. Well, I, not that I need. No, to, I don't want to make out. No, I, that's okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't I'm mean, not that proud. Was, that was too, no, that's too all right. Harsh, no, it's, it's my feelings are a little bit. But like the craziest thing was that people were sitting when we were sitting like if we weren't being the ones like taken to role play, we were all role still play. role playing in our character. While like, you were at the table, while we were that's at the great. table, like oh, we just like best. kind of when happened, that just happened when that just happened. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. But what were you going to say? Well, but no, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a what a wonderful, what a wonderful piece of stagecraft to like take somebody into another room and like you know really spend time in there and figure out what's people are always like, don't split the party. Yeah. No, no, like split. I yeah, love split splitting the, the party. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like now, like I'm that's just, always when they get you. Yeah. That's yeah. always totally. when you're like oh more vulnerable. It's my favorite thing to do ever. I. I'd use it as a as a really like it's a technique that I use, but I do know that it is really difficult for some people and I never encourage other yeah. people to do it. But it's I a love never in, for me. Like for, for me, it's like, nope, party stays. Like, nobody. Yeah. We're all going the same place. Like, My, but I don't know. That's just the player survival thing. I think. Yeah. And like. every everybody has their own DMing styles, too. And I would say that I my specialty is unraveling intrigue. And and the slow, yeah. oh, the nice. slow methodical Mysteries. mystery, yeah, that kind of suspense sort of stuff. So, do so. You, when you're when you're setting something like that up, do you start with the like the solution first? Like I think of it like a Sherlock Holmes story. Oh, mm -hmm. you know the butler did it or mm -hmm. whatever. Do you start with that? fact in place and then work backwards when i'm writing or do you, yeah or do you start with character do you start with like i'm interested in this or or do you start with setting i start like, with what setting you, setting okay. i always start with setting hmm. i i'm a very visual physical tactical type of person uh -huh. so i always imagine the environment first and then i try to think about all the people that would be in that environment and why they would be there and what they would be doing there and then i try to anticipate how my players might want to interact with that and then i kind of pull a story out of that what was the first thing that came into your head for the world of mira what inspired that Can well so the world of mira started off where um i was putting a lot of time and a like a lot like it was becoming a full week job a full full week, um, like forty hours, putting into rewriting these D and D campaigns for the store, and you know, charging. I mean, at the time, I think we were charging like ten dollars a person or something mm -hmm. for the games, and then we we're paying our DMs. And my partner was like, you, "You were losing money. Like, you can't, you can't do this. Like, you, like, I know you love this, but like, like, we can't. <laughs> like, we're like, you can't. I need you to actually do other parts of your job. Like, I, you cannot. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, how can I make this my full time? Like, really, like, just do this creative stuff more. And how? So, two things were problems I needed to solve was how can I make it more profitable for me, and how can I make it less time for me, consume less of my time. So in that, I thought, well, if I can start to use, and that's right when Wizards of the Coast started publishing the opportunity for people to use the OGL and write their own adventures within the world. So that's kind of how Black Bottom started. I had no intention, like my, my whole intention was like, I am just gonna, if I'm gonna be spending all this time writing these entire adventures I just need it all to be stuff that is not copywritten so that eventually I could publish it okay. and eventually I can do something with it so then all the time that I'm spending writing all these adventures and writing all these yeah, worlds and all these scenes and these stories could then just be something so because I've, I've published about six adventure modules already now how does that work how does one publish an adventure module and did you do it through wizards of the coast you do it independently no so there people can just there's pick them no up. there's no stats in my adventures they're just stories they're just mm -hmm. settings so they're system agnostic they can be you can run, take them into any you can take place, them into really. any yeah if you want to run it with dungeons and dragons mage, yeah, if you want to run it with Dungeon World or Pathfinder or, you know, it, most of the ones I've written are probably best suited for, um, for D20 systems, but yeah. they're, I mean, if you, you know what you're creative, doing, yeah. you, they're j it's just the stories and the character development and the locations and the plot and like how the story unfolds. 
And and so that was always my thing. Like, why write? A, why create a system? There's a million systems out there that right. are amazing. I'm more interested in writing a setting. I want to write. Mm-hmm. I want to create the That's world, cool. and I want to create a so world. So you're purely a world builder. I'm almost, purely yeah. a world builder. Yeah. Although how does that now that I'm combining like the world building with the way that I want to teach people? Because I, you know, I broke down like the five E system and have like classes like two hour classes where I like really teach people fifth edition like how it really works and like how you can really like be as creative as you possibly can be in there you know now what does that mean I'd like to take that class actually let's 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 elaborate on that what does that mean be as creative like how to make the best characters how to run the most interesting games I think when you really understand how what the mechanics are works between the because I'm not a math person but when you really understand how it all comes down to your six ability stats Mm -hmm. and your proficiency bonuses and um, and your skills, then like you can make anything up, right? And when you understand DCs and the difficulty classes and you understand that like a D4 is a, you know, maybe like a concealed weapon, a D6 is something you wield with one hand or finesse, a D8, you know, so like it kind of Hmm, level. scales up like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can scale the dice. So you create anything that you, you come up with anything and I can just off the top of my head go, okay, yeah, that's going to be a D6 damage plus your strength bonus or plus your dex bonus or whatever. And I don't have to like refer to a book because now I just kind of know how the dice work and I know, you know, and it's, I can just kind of allow people to make up whatever weapons they want instead of going into the player's handbook. And like and having to look, go by stat blocks or by mm-hmm. something that's already yeah. written. You yeah. can just and kind I feel of like maybe give yourself more now, of an improvisational kind of bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Tasha's has really now published a lot of that thought, mm-hmm. I feel like, and and helped people kind of Tasha's figure... Tasha's Cauldron, Cauldron of Everything, everything yeah, which is yeah. a, a, a supplement that they published yeah. recently that really kind of allows people I think it, it does that it says like oh, okay here like now you want to play with these tools a little bit more and you want to kind of customize a little bit more here's but that here's also brings up that 2d4 are better than 1d8 statistically really I say I mean when you think about it 1d8 oh, well, you, you, really you roll 1d8 you can't really roll one <laughs> Two huh. daggers better okay. than a big old. You guys, <laughs> look at the rogues. My mind is blown four ways to <laughs> Sunday <laughs> from this conversation. <laughs> Lauren, you're just a great guest. Like, I'm, I'm really happy you're here. Gosh, thanks, it's thanks. So, this I, has been really fun. We're, well, we're like, nerding out. Yeah, I'm totally nerding out. I so, still, I, can I actually ask a little more about your first character? And like, mm-hmm. you didn't tell us what class she was. Oh. Did that ever happen, or did that? Were you uh, like a? I was a very high society person in a sort of a Tesla-y kind of world. And Ooh. all I remember was my entire goal, the entire campaign was to basically make a walkie-talkie. But my DM <laughs> made it like a five-year span to make like, and so then it like only had like a the inventor five... of radio in your world, basically. <laughs> Seriously, it was like, it was, and it was a very sort of Cthulhu-y campaign. It was like really weird. There wow. was, it was like low magic, but like really weird, you know, just and, like And you guys played almost... Stuff narratively without was, systems yeah. or without really I mean, like characters you don't remember but when i talked to troy he's like no like no we there were, were definitely it was roles. we were following like because yeah. he's a very and i've realized this over the years like he's very much a rules person he loves <gasps> systems he loves checking out every rpg but it's that's interesting out that there. for you they kind of disappeared they into disappeared the i don't even like i like i go back to those times and like i don't even i just I don't. Even I just know that it. this stuff happened. I just know that we. Yeah, that I know the story. <laughs> I know the scenes. Like I can still like. Th- there's like scenes from that campaign that are so visually like implanted in my memory, that even after running like you know now ten years of running D and D like almost every day. You, you, <laughs> you never forget I mean? your like, first kids. Like, yeah, you never right, forget yeah. your first characters. That's right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think. I think my favorite thing about the the stuff that I've read about Mira is that you cover. You cover. You sort of have a, a broad kind of description of things uh, online, and you 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 have a poli- you have political systems mm-hmm. for each of the city mm-hmm. that's in. You've got a a, a conceit uh, that magic and science. Um, are equally influencing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a mineral, uh, the name of which I'm forgetting right now, 
that everybody that that's mined out. Milkwood, 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 aether, aether, probably aether. Yeah, yeah. Milkwood is like the sap form of aether. It's very Mil- interesting. Milkwood you could have is like, like a the drug. Oh, all right. Yeah, and <laughs> but it is, but it is also like a good conductor of energy. So it is used by some of the corporations to like create electricity or like you know kind of mm. that idea. So so you could in theory play Tesla versus Edison in your world. Mm. Or whatever. Ah, yeah, that's so, super yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's right around that. Time period. Well, I've also you've also got like this thing called the hive mind, mm-hmm. uh, collective consciousness. It's the closest thing to religion in your universe. Is this hive mind mm-hmm. thing? So, what's the hive mind like? Like, how does so that work? The hive is just kind of like the collective unconscious, I guess. Like how you know, like we're all connected in some way, right? But most people just don't believe in it or don't think that it really exists or. Mm-hmm. Sort of um, like the Aborigine dreaming concept. Oh, yeah, that well, we're so, dreaming our lives. Yeah, no, well, so, okay, so my second character that I ever played was Indra, mm-hmm. and she was an elf. Okay. And Indra, I always liked the idea in, in fifth edition in Dungeons and Dragons when you play an elf, instead of sleeping, you go you into. You just kind of trance out. Yeah, kind of, yeah, you meditate whoa, 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 and you go into a thing. And then, and I really like this idea about, you know, that, like, you know, maybe you have like a dream or something during that meditation that could like influence the game. So I took a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards and I created a reverie deck. Very cool. And, um, and I would draw cards, these images, and I would interpret them like tarot. Did you do this with your DM? Yeah. Or was yeah. It cool. So during this, that was my second like five year campaign. Wow. You know, and, and that campaign was all dungeon masters at my store. Like, my my team of dungeon masters. Oh, I was wow. like, you have yeah. like the pick of the best of the best. <laughs> the That's like you've got the all star D and D DM club, right? Over there. And we so yeah. The point of that was we were all going to rotate dungeon mastering so we could all experience each other's DMing styles because uh-huh. our players got to experience our DMing styles, right. but we didn't get to experience each other. So I started that game, and that game, yeah, we rotated. I think we we played for five years, and I think we had like three or four different DMs. And then, like, I didn't DM, but I, I guest DM'd. Uh-huh. Um, right but on. I mostly played this character, Indra. And so, yeah, I created this reverie deck. And so then either I would draw a card and interpret it, or the DM would take the image and interpret, and interpret it and it fold it and happen. make something happen and fold it into Very the game. Cool. And so, and I, so I always really kind of liked this idea. And so then, um, and I, my backstory was this idea of basically what is the Nautili Isles, which is like this island that is sentient that kind of isn't you know that like is in tune with the hive so like kind of the world of mirror sort of stemmed off this idea of a campaign that i was going to run for those guys and then never ran <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like i'm, and gonna, then, I'm yeah. gonna sell this to hollywood <laughs> yeah and then the first season was kind of this was like took place on this island but i realized after running it the first time you know, probably, oh gosh, I don't even know. It's how like long a sentient ago. forest, right? Yeah. It's a sentient. That campaign actually needed, it couldn't be like the very first chapter in the story. So, so far for Mira, I, so, so, so Mira started off being just the city of Black Bottom, four running games at the store. I was writing them on a deadline of we have, we oh, have like people something who for, signed up for an event next week. We have we to have, have an to have adventure. Some content. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> It's called a ticking clock. It's yes, called a it's... ticking clock. All right, team. Just, <laughs> no, there's nothing's written. Here's bullet points. We got enough to run it. Let's go. We'll write it up later. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Can I ask pants. a mechanical question <laughs> yeah. on like, how did you create a stat free or how did you go about creating the stuff stat without stat blocks? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Without... So going back to those published adventures. I know we're going off on like a lot of tangents. It's this a, is fun. Yeah, it's a big old um, tree. Yeah. So, so the... Uh, okay, so a couple of the modules that I wrote, most of them were all for specific events. So so the way that I write them stat-free is I just sort of just create the situations and allow people then to pull whatever stats they want. So if it's a... You just say what happens. He I does just this happens. magic and something happens yeah. here. Or he, right. Yeah, I can I'll bring you guys by once so you can read it and check it out. Basically, it's sort of like earlier in my writing I've totally changed the format of how I write them now but the earlier ones were much more sort of 5e OGL based so I would so at the beginning I would just start with like you know actually putting in maybe like it's a difficulty class of this or so anybody's using any kind of d20 system but then I was like well I want to open it up for other systems other than what if somebody wants to do dungeon world and they want to do a d6 system or, or apocalypse world or whatever so then I was like, okay, 
let me just say like this is an easy medium or hard encounter and then so if you so it actually would be a little bit more difficult i think to run my adventures if you've well, that's not true. If you've never played D&D before, you could just roll a D20 and it's just like you succeed or you fail. Like and you just right. keep the story going. Like it doesn't you don't really have to have rules. Like right. the story is there, you know? But if you did want to play like a game properly, you would have to know the system. You would have to have to have experience. DC classes, difficulty classes or Yeah, or and like character sheets and stuff. But like so like for the characters, you know, we'd have like like six sort of pre-generated characters with no stats. But mm. what we would do is we would just create the backstory for the character with some items that they might have that fold into the story. So there's a lot of like inner, like, so when you're playing that little okay. micro adventure, that little micro setting, everything that you, all the, if you play those characters, those characters have like a have direct the link need. to the yeah. story. And then I would write their relationships to one another. So, uh-huh. so it would be very easy for anybody to kind of jump in and play and then, yeah, and then you just kind of build stats around that. So then you just sort of stat out your so character So it seems like stats aren't even like that heavy in, in your, um, the way you interact with the game. You think of it, uh, you, do you, I do think you feel of like you as, don't use them so as much or you, you no, homebrew a lot or do you? The way that I look at RPGs and maybe this, is, I don't know if this is other people's philosophy or if I've just made this up on my own. <laughs> and just and just now made it true. I don't know. It but is, um, if it's if it's right. yours, it's true. <laughs> so that's my for for whichever DM I'm going with. You know, sure. these people are kind. At least in know. Mira, it's true. Right? In yeah, Mira, yeah. it's definitely true. And I'm yeah. realizing that like it is hard to kind of fight, it, or not hard to fight, but like what you end what I what, when you want to try to promote a certain way of gameplay. And now I realize that that's why people create new systems. Because I'm like, why are all there's so many yeah. systems? But I realize, oh well, if you really want to, you want to play a certain you, way. If you, you want to push, if play you want to, a certain, to, yeah, yeah per, promote a certain type of gameplay, it's really helpful when your rules are there mm-hmm. to support the things that you're trying to do. Right. And that's, I think, now in hindsight, why people create systems because they're trying to do a thing and they need to create a set of rules that are going to help facilitate that type of gameplay i think it always goes back to like creativity thrives with some limitations right or you need to have like this exactly big, back to big what we were thing. saying before if you don't have those sort of like yeah. parameters or that like that idea that gets kind of thrown yeah. out there you know you need to kind of like get, at least you know if i give you oh just a blank white canvas you know and be like draw me the most wonderful painting in the world you know whatever but if i gave you one that like already had like a sky and a horizon and some mountains and like a lake you know maybe now you can start to like figure out what you want to put in there like oh i want to put a little house over there what if i put a little boat on the lake you know now you have something to play with (laughs) right exactly exactly that's well i mean it's like i'm so i'm so interested in the what was the what was the dynamic between the eight different DMs who were all playing together? Were people like oh my god, yeah, rule checking people, each other and stuff? Who was the or rules the, lawyer like, in that group? Yeah. And how does that work? <laughs> I let every DM roll run their tables to bring out their strong points as a dungeon master. Got it. So I didn't put any rules on them other than you need to start here, you need to end here, and you need to deliver this information during this session i don't care how you do it i don't care how it comes out and 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 then it got to the point where some tables had different information than other tables and then everybody would meet up at the bar afterwards and then discuss discuss. and so and then we'd have group rp sessions where then we would bring everybody together and we'd get them all to debate with one another and like share information and so that becomes part of the role playing. So then they're adventuring as a party of thirty or forty rather than Ooh. as a party of six. But they are split. This is so definitely it's kind of like LARPing, I guess. Now, like now that I understand what LARPing is, right, um, right. It is a little bit of like a, like a Norwegian, like Nordic style LARP. I think is kind of what we were is doing like and like fish? folding it into. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the Norwegian star style LARP. That's so, the that's side Lute, of that's Halloween. Lute, yeah. that's, that's Ludafisk. Yeah, you know, well, I don't want to subject you to that. I find out about these things after the. Fact where somebody's like, "Oh, I think you're doing something What's similar to sw- this." Here's a book. I've never you heard of the Swedish it. LARPing. Is that because yeah. I've done LARPing? I grew up LARPing. I didn't yeah. know it was Swedish. Well, I don't know. Was I doing something Swedish this whole time? I don't know. Yeah. It's quite possible. I don't know, but it's Oof. a different. It's I guess they got a whole. I, somebody loaned my friend Peter loaned me a book about it, and there's this whole, um, there's this whole community of LARPers that have like a very specific way that they, they role play. that they role play. And it's very similar to what I created for 20-Sided Store. And then also now have been creating uh, immersive, interactive 
experiences that are more high end. We did like three like of them. Like show up in costume kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. We did three of them at the store before the pandemic and then the pandemic got shut down. But Ooh. I have a DJ who's created custom music for them and in like, Tell us, and we're uh, going to do one on November 6th. Oh, so they're back. Tell us more well, about that. Can one. you, can you promote one. it? I'll do more of them. I'll do more of them. This is just a test to this see. This is coming. It's coming back. This is what, yeah. Dipping our toes back. Uh, I got my hair yeah, cut. We're, we're getting more into, I realize like I don't, I just need to separate like events from retail with the store, but I'm really looking into collaborating with other businesses is to go back to the other thing we started off with um, <laughs> collaborating with other businesses to kind of do some of these immersive experiences and uh, in December we're going to do one with Bar Frida I don't remember the date that we chose for that but that's gonna early December if you could be another somehow one. have a roving game across the neighborhood where mm -hmm. people could part could like mm -hmm. could keep playing from one yeah. store to the next yeah. I'm so well, down I did yeah, on I the did. back of a flat I did. crawl I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did that two years in a row with our scavenger hunt oh wow yeah and those that's are amazing, amazing. They're That's really amazing. good, and I really want to get back to doing. I'm those. like, we're I'm, so. we're hanging out with a real live visionary here. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody who had a vision thing. and like really like I, you know, I think you're. I just think the store is such an. If I can brag on you for a second, mm -hmm. it's such an incredible asset to the community. I mean, I see people wander into that store all the time. That you know, I, I my favorite part of, was not only just playing the campaign, but like going out for drinks with everybody yeah, afterwards. That's the best part. You know, yeah. I'm still following everybody yeah. on Instagram, and we all kind of like keep in yeah. touch a little bit. You know, it's really the best way to funnel that dice addiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I hear. I that's. I mean, I that's that's why I keep going. You know, that's what keeps me going. And you know, people tell me all the time, like I met all of my friends through your store. Like everybody I know, like. You know, I, they're, they, they got people that are now invited to my weddings or people that, mm -hmm. that I married, you know, like whatever. Like, right. like there's like these really like strong friendships that have grown and developed through our community that really make me so just like so happy, you know, like I just... I couldn't have asked for anything. It really speaks to like game theory being tied to community building. Yeah, and like I mean, it's just like... The idea that we do this stuff to sort of, you know not think of the void. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, and well, and that's the thing. Like, the pandemic has been, like, the hardest thing. Because, like, I mean, our store motto is, like, bringing people together. And that came out of, because, like, that's actually yeah. what we do. And, like, you know, during the hurricane, during, like, you know, all these, like, things that have happened in the city, where do you go? No electricity, nowhere to go, no shower. Like, come to the store, shower in our apartment upstairs. Like, like you know, crazy things, right? And yeah. it's, like, now there's this, like, pandemic where we're, like, uh, sorry, like, we love you, but you can't Don't come. come. Don't come. And it's like the worst. It's like yeah. we want to be like. So that's why, like, I got online real as quickly as I could because I was like, I need to still have a place where everybody can. How can people come find you? Where does safe. that work? Where is it on your Discord channel? Yeah. So if you anybody you can, can just go to, to the that. website and then there's a link to the Discord. There's a link to the Twitch. Would you tell me what immersive storytelling is? Like, what is what? Can you, you talk about how you've done some of that? Mm -hmm. The store and mm -hmm. before yeah. that, and 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 describe how mm -hmm. you came to it and and what mm -hmm. that is for you. Yeah. Well, I guess that that's like my biggest takeaway of like from what I've learned from Dungeons and Dragons is like, oh, here's this opportunity for me to now fold in people into the story, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you're a filmmaker or you're a writer, you are writing a story with an ending. If you're writing a video game, like you're picking 10 endings, but there's always... They're usually only three, let's or be three. honest. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Good, bad, they're, they're like three with some variants, you like, know? Eh. Good, bad, and weird. Yeah. Good, bad, and like weird. Like, yeah. yeah, you went off to the left of the map. Sasquatch right. eats yeah. you. Right, right. So, yeah. Okay. That's, and that's pretty so, much it. They, can't, they don't have the bandwidth. Yeah, this. and so like I feel like, you know, what I'm doing is not that different mm -hmm. from the structure overall, except for the fact that I'm not writing the protagonists, right? They're writing themselves. They're writing themselves. That's so, cool. so there's... Does that surprise you sometimes in a way? Or does that like take things off in a different direction that you weren't expecting as a creator? Or oh, are you yeah, pretty that's much the best a, part. Like, yeah. And I realized that actually early on running fourth edition games where, you know, at the store when I was really new to DMing and I was like, you know, my, my partner was like, hey, we're running all this magic. Because really the store started off as a place just to run Play, magic, the magic gathering, gathering events because Luis was running um, stuff at the Change You Want to See gallery. And, you know, and he needed like a permanent space because it was getting popular. There was no other stores in New York really anywhere other than like King's Games down all the way in like, you know, Coney Island. So yeah. like this area was really five. I think the, the store that was before us that ran events like closed down five years prior so there was really like a void well this is also when brooklyn when was like up. 
populated by packs of roving dogs, I think. Yes, you're, well, you're, I, have, I was attacked, mm-hmm. but when I first, I've been here slightly longer than you, but I, I moved in the south side of Williamsburg on South 11th Street. He actually when, has a being attacked by dogs story. Yeah, I was, attacked by, I was attacked by a wandering pack of dogs one night. Yeah. They were well, Shih Tzus. There yeah. you go. That's a D&D adventure right there. <laughs> just, right, just... No, now they, now, now, so, now they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and a beagle, yeah. a lone beagle. Yeah. Well, so, so then to take that scenario and turn that into a story, yeah. you know, I would just describe the street. Uh-huh. I would bring the dogs out and let you just deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, feel, what did you do? I, I want to know. I felt like, better. I felt better with that than I did with the time that somebody like abandoned a burning car mm-hmm. outside of my building. Yeah. That was a whole other story. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, it was a rough, it was a rough place it was a to rough live. Neighborhood. Yeah. So wait, what years was that? Uh, that was like 92. Yeah. Like yeah. I was, sort I was of, here in 99. I was in so. and about from 90 to 92. And like everybody said, you know, that, that, you know, and one of the things that's always been lacking mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, uh, there was like Domsey's Warehouse, mm-hmm. Beacon's yeah. Closet, yeah. all these great little clubs and mm-hmm. restaurants, but a comic book store was lacking. Mm-hmm. And then, and then a gaming mm-hmm. store. And when mm-hmm. you guys opened, I, I just, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I immediately started buying games for my daughter there. Yeah. Like you guys were great. You like gave great service. And, and I felt like I was like, you know, really like you were like really interested in what I was interested in, which is another thing that good dungeon masters do. They know? listen. What, it's well, all about the listening. What yeah. is your player interested yeah. in? Mm-hmm. You know? They're like listening. What's, they're taking in what the thing. Yeah. 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 Well, cause that's the thing is like, I want, I want people to, you know, I remember I was really into punk rock music when I was a kid. And what bands? Oh man! Oh my God, that was like, thrown down like a challenge. I, well, I've been really like, listening. Bands? I know. Tell well, us, Lauren. I, are you been... worthy? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. my first my first tape was was Red Hot Chili Peppers' Mother's Milk, and yes. and then you know that then like set me down like and I just like like and I just keep like singing all the like lately I've been listening to the album actually. <laughs> Like, oh, my God. And right. I still know all the words to every song. I was like, why? I'm like, maybe now that the 90s are, like, cool now, maybe, these are, like maybe this maybe this will be, like, in karaoke. Have you heard people refer to them as classic rock? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. What? That makes me feel weird. <laughs> you know. So, punk but, um, rock. So, but anyway, you were punk rock. Um, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of Chicago bands. You know, I grew up in Chicago. So, anyway, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm a, you know, have, like, $20 to my name or less, and I go to a record store. And, you know, at the time, there's no internet. You can't research stuff. It's like you get one... You know, it's like one section rock. It's yeah. like, how do you know what, how do you know what the cool punk rock stuff is in there? Is it even there? Am I going to even find it? And the person working behind the counter is so cool. Like, you can't talk to them. Like, right. you're so intimidated. Like, usually the way it happened no is way. like, and one so then person just like, told you about one thing and yeah. you like went down a rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, well, what we used right. to do is like, you know, it's your turn to buy the thing and then we all make copies of it, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we would all rotate. So that's how we would build up our music collection, right? And so it was my uh, turn. And we like, do not condone copyright infringement on Bart yeah. by Stampire. We Empire. definitely do not. The views expressed are those now of that the I'm guest an adult. and solely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I never wanted that to happen for anybody coming into my store. I never wanted anybody to feel like, oh, here's this niche genre and like those people who work there are so cool and I'm intimidated to ask them about what a cool game is because I fully understand that there are... a almost everything in my store is probably something you've never heard of if if you're in even if you're into games like there's just I, so I, many I'm, games I still, there's still so much stuff that we don't know about. i'm a fairly accomplished nerd and i don't I, I don't know a lot of these systems I can't and like even always keep learning up. something new yeah i'm like trying to play a game a day <laughs> you know? i want to i really do you still run uh, any star wars games there because i really wanted to learn the star wars the system. star wars system's really cool i really like it a lot is it really? i really love because a lot the way of the dice work. new dice I, I he doesn't I, like the new extra the, dice that's the thing that i don't like about it but I mean, be, like, can you have you to find... buy the Fantasy Flight specific dice. Yeah, can you yeah. find? You can't a, you use can't all your cool whatever? dice. No, yeah, because, because there's a spe- it's a symbol based oh, okay. rolling. So and that's what's yeah. so cool about it. You know, you like roll this pool of dice. So like I mean, if you symbols, love rolling right? dice, right? I mean, like clickety yeah. clacks, all the clickety clacks. Yeah, yeah. So you're rolling all the Give dice. Give me all the clickety clacks. And you're creating all these dice pools. So like you know, basically like you have for your stats or for so you would you put your dice pool becomes. Okay, I have a proficiency bonus in this, so I'm going to take two more of those dice. So you're rolling like thirty dice. Yeah, or, and or, then like, and then mm. the DM's like, "Well, I'm going to put a complication in there, so I'm going to throw in a complication die." Oh wow! Okay. And so like everything, so all those numbers that we do in our head in Five E are part of the dice rolls. In, so you kind of almost see the it. work yeah. more. Yeah, and then like bit. you know, and then certain symbols like will cancel each other out, and then you're left with whatever you're left with, and it's never 
it's not as black and white as like a success, as straight up success and a straight up failure. Like there could be a success with a with something good that happens or a failure, you know, with something that maybe is a critical success in it somehow. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are like kind of opportunities to get like a critical success. And then there's also like, oh, well, you didn't really get the information you totally wanted, but you, got but something. you learned something else or this other accidental thing happened huh. out of that. So there's a lot of so it's nuance, it, more in, an interesting way to express nuance in those. Yeah, I think ways. I think the dice. So right. Talking about facilitating gameplay, the dice facilitate opportunities for a player to describe their fumbles or mm-hmm. describe how they got to a success right. rather than just like, cool, I succeeded. DM, now tell me what that means, you know? Right. Th- those aren't my favorite. I like the games where that just happens naturally. And I don't yeah. know if it's because we play with actors and like storytellers mm-hmm. naturally. So they're always like itching to tell you how a thing happens. Mm-hmm. Like my thing comes out like, you know, nine inch nails, Trent Reznor sound <laughs> in your, like, you know, whatever it is. Uh, uh, I always, I, my, my, my game play style is a dungeon master I, is very, I lean into the cinematic. Mm-hmm. I use music when I can. And there's like, you know, and I also use uh, these, these sculptures yeah. that I make. Ooh, um, that one's amazing. Yeah. I don't 3d print anything. I do them by hand. Thank you. That's wow. my, that's what we have to, Oh, that's a really, it, for those of you who can't see it, maybe it's an Lauren amazing could, Cthulhu. Maybe Lauren could name the Illithid, the, the mind flare. Would you would care you to the, name the Illithid? We would, we would, right now, we that would is be really honored. I, just, I don't know. I am like, I the, feel like, I feel a bit shy. Maybe now that we could put it up to, like we to, the, to the, to the denizens of the 20 sided store yes. to name the, name will, the mind flare. I will name it on my next world building mirror episode. How about that? Okay, great. I will pull in my chat because I am just not, I am naming is like, it will take me the full two hours of that stream <laughs> to name it. Naming don't is you actually that you like build like this entire the world worst. and yeah. then you have to like name people and it's like no, chicken you, makes scratchy bits. you have no bits. idea how like scrutinizing I am with names and words and the meanings of words. And do you build databases or what do you do? How do you manage it? You know, there's a, a par- there's also I like these like generators in a lot of on, on internet. I know. And they're amazing. Yeah. But then they all start to sound the same. And then you've got like a million names of all these characters and you can't keep them straight because they all start with okay. the same letter and they all right. kind of have the same. <laughs> and now you're like, wait, and then your players get confused. And now you we're get talking about fantasy language roots people actually, and what yeah. you use. Do you use Latin or Aramaic? Oh, what, what's your? Man. <laughs> I've, I've been. I've been actually. I so I was like, I want a language that's all languages. And then uh, Johnny, who uh, is um, somebody who's also been doing a lot of co-writing for the World of Mira found Esperanto. Oh, so. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. That, wait, wait, wait. That's so episode two. That. Can we have you back to talk about how Esperanto is in Mi- Why? You learn... put Esperanto in Mira? I will learn enough Is it Esperanto a secret language or is it just like... questions in I mean, Esperanto? I, I will look words up in there and then re- reconfigure Rejigger. them somewhere Well, that between... could just be a dialect. An Esper- oh, yeah. wow. Esperantese. <laughs> Yo habla para Esperante. I love that. That is so cool. Um, where do you where do you draw inspiration from? Like, what are some of your influences? I know you're a photographer mm-hmm. and you're a very visual person. Yeah. You're a really good photographer. Thanks. Um, you know, where do you draw where do you draw your your inspiration from when you're when you're working up fantasy stuff? Does mm-hmm. it come from daily life? Or yeah, does it come from very much so. Very much so. Like, I I like I don't think I could like. I need to go for my morning walk to the coffee shop and talk to a complete random stranger. Uh-huh. You know, like that does like I was something like something else we lost during the pandemic. Yeah, 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 it's really tough. Like the other day, no, I, I still was, try to do it, but it's hard. It is harder. It's you know, difficult. yeah, it's like yeah. At the beginning, it was like you know, I'd go up to the window and then they'd be like, "Okay, here you go. Okay, goodbye." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but it's two more minutes. <laughs> you are <laughs> you know? a human. Um, but no, the other day I was in the city scouting a location for this event and I realized I was right by the Met and I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I haven't been to a gallery, but then the line was so long and I was like, oh, but I'm right by the Central Park. I haven't been there in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just started like wandering around and I just found like a trail and, you know, I don't know. I just tried to like, I'm like, I haven't been really in nature. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like a little vacation outside of vacation. And then I ended up sitting by the lake and I see this guy rowing this boat and I'm like, wow, he's like in his 70s he's like amazing like he's just like making these laps up and down the lake and i'm like wow that guy's amazing like what a great form of exercise like i'm really inspired by this person and he just ends up taking a break and stops like in the middle of the lake but kind of like 
is kind of looking in my direction. So I just wave okay. <laughs> like a crazy person. Like, hey. But I have my headphones on, you know, so like I don't realize that he starts rowing towards me and starts talking. And then he's like, and I take my headphones out and he's like, do I know you? And I was like, no, but I'm really impressed by your rowing. And then we just started talking. He's like, you want to ride around the lake? I was like, yes. And, oh then, my he get, God. and then I like get That's in this. That's a random encounter yeah. that turned into and an then, event. And then he's like, and I'm telling him that I'm trying to write like poems to for the allegory for like the the folklore for this reverie deck that I'm going to be publishing in the set in the world of Mira that I'm like really trying to brainstorm having a lot of like creative kind of like oh like I need some inspiration and he just starts spouting off like two poems that he's written that he memorized that are like amazing like this and this person is like a fascinating person you know talk about the universe handing you I a know gift, right? just like I was you like, rolled a 20 on I that did it was like the day of all days so yeah that check. little that encounters and has like fueled me for like the next month of inspiration yeah yeah. Well, I'm, I'm certainly inspired by you as a person and as an entrepreneur and as a multi-class uh, a being in this multi-class world. Multi-class human. How would you class yourself? Is that like, are we, do we decide not question. to ask people that? Like in a D&D like, class? Like in a, yeah. How would you, mm. if you had to choose your classes right now as yeah. a m- merchant slash mm. storyteller, mm-hmm. maybe some bard, some bard in there? I mean, a DM said to me once that his favorite character is DM and I like kind of have to like reverse that but if I were to be a player right now if we were just going to play a game I think in fifth edition I just I love everybody hates the ranger but I love the ranger and I don't know if that's because that was my first 5e character you know why does everyone hate the ranger I don't know I don't know because they think it's like broken stat wise or whatever but I just found so many really amazing ways to be very creative and I like the I like the map I like making maps I like Mm -hmm. this idea of like this explorer that goes around and guides other people on these journeys I like that too I like that yeah, too. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for guiding us in this storytelling journey today. <laughs> I hope you'll come back another season and, yeah. and join us again. This is amazing. And what, uh, how can we find you in the socials? Yeah. Where, so where you are the 20 sided store. Yeah. 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 So two zero sided store on Instagram, on Facebook. I mostly post on Instagram. I'm really bad at social media, but if you want to talk to me directly, get on our Discord. I'm always on there. It's like I just found that I love it, and I'll just. And you guys are still running games. Are those open to people to join? How does that work? We are. Um, You can sign up on the website. There's registration. So we've got this one. We've got some in-person events coming up. Most of them are just listed right now as virtual events. I actually am trying to update it a little bit, but I'm still kind of in limbo of like not really sure kind of what we're doing and kind of what this looks like. So right now it's sort of like sign up and then I'll sit down with you and sort of figure out if there's a way that... So if we're going to do in-person stuff, it I may be able to provide a table after hours. I just don't want to mix the store being open mm-hmm. with the event just for safety reasons uh-huh, right, right now right. so i did kind of rearrange the whole store recently and opened it up to be like like i took over the entire gameplay space with retail at this point but i have kind of set aside like one little tip so i haven't done it yet but i i'm like literally on my walk over here emailing a potential person you know people who want to do a four-week campaign in the oh, back of the store. It's a wonderful so, thing. It feels like things getting back to normal a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So it's like, because it it's be like one table, yeah. vaccinations required, mm-hmm. you know, but then I like feel like it's like I'm not putting, I don't have customers walking into the store. I'm right, not right. like, not adding extra, vectors. I'm not adding extra like layers to, you know, it's just like the store closes, my, my employees leave, they lock up, they shut the lights, then DM shows up, reopens the door and just takes somebody to the back and we can just play, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I have all the tools there and all stuff. But the virtual games have been amazing. Like we've been, I've been able to, you know, run games for people because now that we're offering shipping and now that I've been live streaming, I, the community is opening up. There's you know, been a huge globally. explosion of D and D over the course of the pandemic. So like, it's a I've weird been, I've been sort running games. Benefit. I've been running classes. I've been running seminars for teaching people how to do immersive and interactive writing, like one-on-one courses, like things that I never thought. Like I was doing like bigger workshops, but mm-hmm. I'm now doing like really like intensive like one-on-one workshops with writers and stuff virtually, and um, and I've been. Um, doing all the D&D virtually through the whole entire pandemic. And so it's been great because I'll have players that are like, one person's in California, one person's upstate, one person's like you, in Boston. Uh, use any other platforms, or do I'm you doing literally. I'm you. It's all theater maps. of the mind. You all do maps. I am all, just, you all do a theater of the mind. On I'm Discord. like I've had it with all the technology yeah, yeah. and like learning all this other stuff. And so great. it is. I've just, it's been like 
That's even better because you're sort of exercising more it's really, imagination muscles. I think. Yeah, and I and I and, and I'm realizing. Do people still it, roll? It started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have them roll, still roll physical dice, but I also uh-huh. set up a bunch of stuff in the Discord. So if they don't have dice, you have. Like and then that, so okay. there, and then there's the chat. So anyway, that's a whole nother story. I don't want to take you guys forever on it. So just go to the homepage of the website and click on the invite link. But it's twenty sided store. I don't know how. I don't know how Discord really works. Other than <laughs> you get there an invite are, link and join. I think it is public. in your phone that send a spell <laughs> yeah, to your computer. Pretty that's, much. That's pretty yeah. Much any way that you want to get a hold of us, just go to twentysidedstore.com. All the links are there. All the information is there. Everything you can ever find, want to know to find us and get in touch with us is there. Or Make just, sure those are union elves in your yeah, phone. Yeah. Or, Nazi elves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, thanks again for being here, Lauren, and, and uh, we hope you'll come back. Absolutely. We hope you've had a relatively fun time. This has been awesome. I will talk to you guys for hours. Great, 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 great. Oh, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> yes, um, do it again. I, this is, I, like, let's do it again. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, done. This episode's most D&D song ever is The Wizard by the great Uriah Heep. You can check that out on our Spotify playlist. You can find us on Instagram at bardquest underscore empire. And on Twitter at bardquest-e. Bardquest Empire is produced by Bang and Tara Bang and Zach Murphy. Executive produced by Jessica Blank. Theme song by Tasha Blank. Sound effects provided by Darren West. I'm Eric Jensen. And I'm Phaedra L. Casey. Thank you for joining us at... Bard Quest Empire. Empire.